Hey there, writers, and welcome to episode number two of the Well-Storied podcast. My name is Kristen Kiefer, and I'm the blogger behind well-storied.com, where I help writers craft sensational novels and build their very best writing lives. This podcast is where I translate articles from the Well-Storied blog into audio so you can listen in on the go. Today we are talking about chapters, specifically how to write chapters that captivate readers. And so if you would like to read along as you listen in to today's episode, make sure to head on over to well-storied.com chapters. Now let's get started. How to write chapters that captivate readers. So, chapters. It occurred to me the other week that I'd get to talk about them here on Well Storied, despite the fact that I've been running this show for well over two years now. How could I have skipped something so crucial to the structure of a good novel? I'll be honest, for a long time I didn't consider chapters to be all that important. Chapters give your novel structure, sure, but over the years I've come to realize that's not all they do. Chapters also create a sense of pacing, of forward momentum, and, if you play your cards just right, a sense of page-turning urgency. Chapter breaks aren't just places for readers to stick their bookmarks. They're an opportunity for you, the author, to further captivate them. So, how can you make sure you're writing captivating chapters in your own novel? Today we're going to break this topic down by answering five of your most popular chapter questions. Let's go! First up, how long should chapters be? Too short, and you may not captivate your readers. Too long, and you may lose their interest. Finding that perfect Goldilocks length for your chapters may seem pretty tough, but it doesn't have to be. When it comes to literature, standard chapter lengths typically fall between 1,000 and 5,000 words. That's roughly 4 to 20 printed pages, with each page containing a standard 250 words. Are there mega-popular books with shorter chapters? Sure, take a look at many of James Patterson's books. Any fan favorites that have super long chapters? That too. Many fantasy and sci-fi books have these longer chapters, most notably for me the Game of Thrones series by George R.R. Martin. There are no hard and fast rules when it comes to chapter lengths, and there will always be successful exceptions to industry standards. That said, most readers prefer books with moderately long chapters, roughly 6-10 to pages or 1,500-2,500 to words in length. I conducted a Twitter poll a long time ago to get that data, I didn't just make it up. Uh, Roughly 50 readers weighed in at the time, and I wrote these results down, but I never noted the link so I could cite it, so I do apologize for that. But in any case, if you are trying to decide how long the chapters in your own book should be, I suggest combing through a few popular books in your genre and age market. How long are the chapters? How many chapters are there in the book as a whole? You don't necessarily have to follow the data you collect, but it's an excellent baseline for knowing what your readers will likely anticipate when picking up your book. Now on to the second question. Should all chapters be the same length? Generally speaking, yes. Having consistent chapter lengths creates a strong sense of pacing. It allows readers to fall into a rhythm and encourages them to keep turning pages. That said, there are instances where it's okay to alter the length of a chapter. The key is to do so sparingly, so the change in length actually makes a meaningful impact. Remember folks, everything in your novel must serve a purpose. So what are these special instances? Number one, barreling toward the climactic sequence. 
As you gear up for the big showdown, you may find yourself naturally increasing or decreasing the length of your chapters. Decreasing chapter length actually increases the pace of your story, so employing this during your story's climactic sequence can add to the suspense and urgency of your storytelling. Pretty cool, right? Alternatively, you may make your chapters longer in order to fit all the action happening during your story's climax, and that's okay too. Lengthening chapters can help engross readers in your story's climax since there aren't any chapter breaks to steal their attention. And the second instance is when changing point of view. You may also wish to change the length of your chapters when briefly visiting the point of view of a secondary character. For example, in V.E. Schwab's A Gathering of Shadows, both the antagonist and his sidekick have a few point of view chapters throughout the story, and nearly all of them are much shorter than the main character's chapters. Shortening chapter lengths in this instance allows writers to give readers a quick peek into an alternative plotline or point of view. This creates dramatic irony, when readers know something that characters do not, which in turn builds suspense. Pretty nifty trick, right? Now onto our third popular question about chapters. How many scenes should be included in each chapter? Once again, there are no hard and fast rules here when it comes to structuring your chapters. Both the length of your chapters and the narrative choices you make as an author will affect how many scenes you include in each chapter. That said, anywhere from one to five scenes per chapter is fairly common. The good news? You don't have to worry as much about consistency here. Sometimes scenes are lengthy. Other times, they are quick bites of pertinent info. As long as the pacing of your chapters is on point, you don't have to worry about whether you're using the same number of scenes in each one. Question number four. Can you switch point of view characters during a chapter? By starting a new chapter every time you switch point of view characters, you negate the risk of confusing readers, which is pretty awesome if you ask me. However, switching point of view characters mid-chapter can be done successfully. The key to switching point of view characters mid-chapter is to be absolutely clear about the fact that you are switching points of view. This typically means utilizing a scene break, which is just skipping a line to indicate that one scene, or point of view in this case, has ended and another has begun. When doing this, here are a few things to keep in mind. Firstly, switching heads in a chapter typically makes the most narrative sense at the halfway point, where the first half of your chapter features one point of view character and the second half another. The duality of this approach is easy for readers to digest. Another natural point to switch point of views, however, occurs at the very end of a chapter, typically within the last few lines. This usually occurs when authors want to create drama dramatic irony, giving readers knowledge that the characters don't have in order to build suspense. For example, imagine that a, an entire chapter is told through the point of view character, Henry, as he steals money from the company's safe. Then, imagine the last few lines of the chapter switch to the point of view of Henry's secretary, whom Henry doesn't realize has just witnessed his crime. See how that creates suspense? Readers will likely feel the immediate urge to turn the page to find out what happens next. And finally, let's move on to the fifth question we are asking about chapters today. How can you create exciting chapter endings? Every chapter ending leaves readers with an ultimatum. Do they continue reading or do they shut the book? It's your job as the author to convince them to continue on. The easiest way to captivate readers is with a cliffhanger, right? Stop the scene in the middle of the action and readers are forced to continue reading. Well, it turns out that ending too many chapters with a cliffhanger can feel contrived and gimmicky. 
You don't want readers to feel like you're trying to push them along. You want them to be so invested in your story that they don't even question turning the page. But how? Make sure your main character remains unsatisfied. Strange advice, right? Hear me out. With any luck, you're, you've already created a strong connection between your reader and your main character. The reader was able to stick themselves in the main character's shoes, and now they've been sucked into the story. If you've done this successfully, putting your main character in a tense and unsatisfied position at the end of each chapter will leave your readers wanting more. You've created an itch, and now your readers will want to scratch it. But what do I mean about dissatisfaction? Anything, really. It can be an argument, emotional turmoil, physical roadblocks, an injury, relationship issues, and so on. Any of these struggles can leave your main character in a place of deep dissatisfaction. Think anger, frustration, confusion, hurt, pain, and so on. And your readers, too. Just remember that you don't need to cut every chapter off in the middle of a major conflict. Use those cliffhanger moments sparingly, specifically in places where your story's conflict could use a little boost. And then they'll serve a much more powerful purpose. So, writer, are you ready to write captivating chapters? As I said a few times throughout the podcast episode today, there are no true defined rules when it comes to structuring your novel's chapters. That's pretty much how most things work when it comes to writing, actually. But that doesn't mean there aren't a few norms your readers are already accustomed to. Your book may be the exception, but in most cases, following the basic rules we outlined today will help you write crazy awesome chapters that captivate your readers so efficiently they won't be able to put your book down. And who doesn't want that, right? Thanks so much for listening into this episode, this very second episode of our podcast today, writers. I'm so excited to begin diving into this podcast with you all and really bringing the articles from the Well-Storied blog to life for you. Thank you again for listening in. If you're enjoying the episode so far, make sure to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. We are available on SoundCloud, YouTube, the Well-Storied website, and the Apple iTunes podcast app. So wherever you prefer to listen in, make sure to go ahead and subscribe there. And if you could leave a quick rating and review sharing your thoughts about the podcast so far, that goes a long way toward helping the podcast gain more visibility and continue to grow and reach new readers. I would also like to take a moment to thank Wellstoried's patrons over on Patreon. By their monthly donations there, they help me cover all the expenses involved in running and creating all the free sources I create for Wellstoried, which includes this podcast, as well as the free 10-day email courses, the blog itself, the communities I run, and so on. So for as little as $1 a month, if you're interested in helping support Wellstoried as well, you can head on over to patreon.com slash wellstoried to get involved. I will leave that link for you in today's episode description, just in case as well. All right, writers, that's all I have for you in this second episode of our podcast. Thank you all so much for listening in, and I hope you'll join me again next time. Until then, happy writing.